Get ready for unique, rare, and little-known treasures from the golden age of radio. You're listening to The Amazing World of Radio with Adam Graham. Welcome to The Amazing World of Radio from Boise, Idaho. This is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and uh, become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. Well, today's episode is brought to you by the support of our Patreon sponsors of the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. You can check out uh, my podcast at uh, greatdetectives.net and our Patreon sponsors at patreon.greatdetectives.net. Well, uh, we're turning to fictional works that were inspired by Alexander Hamilton, and in this case, the Hamilton Burr Duel. This episode that we're going to play is one of three times this particular story was adapted, and I'll talk about why I chose this particular adaptation. The original air date is August the 15th of 1956, and it comes from Suspense, which was radio's most prestigious and one of its longest-lasting uh, drama series. It began airing in 1942 and then finally signed off the air in September of 1962. It was actually the last uh, radio series from the golden age of radio to end. The title of today's story is... A Friend for Alexander. And now, tonight's presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills, Suspense. Tonight, we bring you a classic short story by James Thurber. So now, starring Mr. John Daner, here is our suspense play... A friend to Alexander. I've taken to dreaming about Aaron Burr every night. What for? How do I know what for? What for, the woman says. You do look tired, Harry. Well, a session like I had last night is worse than no sleep at all. I should look tired. Aaron mm. Burr. <laughs> He's a funny person to be dreaming about nowadays. I mean, with all the talk about the A-bombs and the H-bombs and the election and everything. I, I wish you'd go see Dr. Fox. Oh, nonsense. Well, maybe you need some different vitamins. Or maybe some of those new pills, those, um, uh, Starax, uh, Aratrix, uh, what do they call them again? Uh, Reserpine, Chlorpromazine, one of the tranquilizers? No, no, it's another name. Oh, Ataraxix. Oh, that's Ataraxix, tranquilizers, all the same thing. Well, maybe you need some of those. They're supposed to do wonders for people. Now, all I need is to stop seeing Aaron Burr every time I close my eyes. I don't see why you see him in your dreams. Where do you see him? Oh, Places, maybe Washington Square, Bowling Green, or on Broadway. Right here in town? How odd. Well, he lived in New York, you know. I'll be talking to a woman in a Victoria, or a woman holding a white lace parasol. Oh? And, yeah, and suddenly there's Burr, bowing, smiling, and smelling like a carnation. Uh, Harry, will you get me a cigarette, please? 
Sure. He'll be telling us stories about France and getting off his insults. And... Here you are, Bess. Hey, when did you start smoking before breakfast? Just hold the light where I can reach it, please. All right. Who is the woman in the Victoria, Harry? Hmm? What? That you dream about. Oh, how do I know people in dreams? They're nobody at all or everybody. You see Aaron Burr plainly enough. I mean, he isn't nobody or everybody. All right, all right, but I don't know who the woman is. Maybe it's Madame Jumel or Mittens Willett or a girl I knew in high school. It's not important. Who is Mittens Willett? Well, she was a famous actress 75 years ago or so. She's buried in an old cemetery on 2nd Avenue. Oh. Oh, goodness, you're so well read. Hmm. It's very sad about Mittens Willett, isn't it? Why? Why is it? Well, I mean, she probably died young. Almost all women did in those days. Oh, Harry, please, don't pace back and forth like that. You, you know what he did? I was standing talking to Alexander Hamilton, and Burr stepped up and slapped him in the face. Alexander Hamilton? My goodness. Yes, and then when I looked at Hamilton, who do you suppose he was? I don't know, dear. Who was he? He was my brother, the one who was killed by that drunk in the cemetery. Just stand aside there, fellow. Hmm? Huh? Why? Why should I? Perhaps you don't recognize a former officer of the Revolutionary Army and a United States senator. I recognize you all right, Burr. You may have been an officer, but Washington hated you. And as for winning that election for my friend's father-in-law, well, I'll bet there was something crooked about the way the ballots were counted. <laughs> More bacon, Harry? Another egg? Huh? Did the Giants win last night? It is the Giants you like, isn't it? I wish he'd go back to France and stay there. Who, dear? Who do you think? Oh, you mean Aaron Burr. Did you dream about him again? Huh. I don't see why you dream about him all the time. Um, don't you think you ought to take some luminol? No, 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 no. Last night he kept shoving Alexander around. Alexander? Uh, Hamilton. I certainly know him well enough by this time to call him by his first name. He hides behind my coattails every night, practically. Oh, Harry, dear. You shouldn't dwell on your nightmares or, or whatever they are. Ooh, that's what they are. There's no mistake about it. We ought to get out in the country over the weekend. Why don't we go to the old Drover's Inn? You like it you there. Know, Hamilton has not only become my brother Walter, but practically every guy I ever really liked... Well, that's just natural, I guess. Well, of course it is, dear. Oh, Harry, I do wish you'd go to Dr. Fox. I'm going to the zoo and feed popcorn to the rhinoceros. That makes things seem all right. For a little while, anyway. Oh, you're, you're not going through with it, Burr? Yes, certainly I'm going through with it. He accepted the challenge. But Mr. Hamilton had no intention of harming you. He just proved that. Your friend brought this on himself, fellow. 
Hamilton called me, and I use his own words, a dangerous man of whom I could detail a more despicable opinion. Well, let this be a warning that Aaron Burr brooks insult from no man. No! No, don't burn! Alexander, look out! He's going to... Oh, no! Harry! Oh, Harry! Dear, no. wake up! Wake up, oh. dear! Oh. Bess, Bess, find the light, please. Harry! Bess. Oh, you frightened me so. Yes, yes, there. Oh, dear. What was it? Burr got him. He got Alexander. Oh, Bess, that dirty oh, rotten... Harry, Harry, rotten. let me hold you. It's all right, dear, it's all right. But, uh, it was just another nightmare, but it's all Alexander, right he just fired into the air. He fired into the air and smiled at him, just like Walter, and then... There, there, Harry. Oh, and then Burr, that fiend, he took deliberate aim. I, I saw him take deliberate aim, and he... He killed poor Alexander in cold blood. Here, take this, Harry. Then you'll be able to go back to sleep. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I ran to Alexander, but he was dead. There, there was just nothing I could do. You better take another, dear. Two won't hurt you. And then Burr swaggered over. He's always a nasty, sneering, foppish man. And he stood over us, and he actually laughed. And, and I looked down at Alexander. And his face was Walter's face. Oh, Harry. It Harry, was darling, darling. Look, I'm, I'm going to stay here with you for the rest oh, of the night. No. Everything oh. will be all right. And we'll go and see the doctor tomorrow. Oh. Now, uh, just what seems to be the trouble, Mr. Andrews? Nothing seems to be the trouble. He has nightmares, Dr. Fox. Oh, I see. You look a little underweight, perhaps. Are you eating well, Mr. Andrews? Getting enough exercise? I'm not underweight. I eat the way I always have and get the same exercise. Now, Harry, your appetite certainly isn't good in the morning. Well, naturally not in the morning. You see, Doctor, I, I think he's worried about something because he always has this same dream. Same dream, eh? It's about his brother, Walter, who was killed in the cemetery by a drunken man. Only it, it isn't really about him. It's Aaron Burr and Alexander Hamilton. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> well, very few people are actually killed in cemeteries. Uh, well, um, would you mind stepping into the next room, Mr. Andrews? We may as well begin with the electrocardiograph and proceed with basal metabolism, cranial microcography. And uh, so, from what we can determine thus far, I think we can say that you're in tip-top shape, Mr. Andrews. I make it a point to keep in shape. I very much doubt that the lab will turn up anything. Meanwhile, we know that you, the heart of yours is fine, sound as a dollar. Oh, Harry, that's wonderful news. Even sounder, I might say. <laughs> if my bent was toward economics rather than medicine. <laughs> the yeah. pills I... Uh, gave you will fix up any temporary difficulty you may experience in uh, falling asleep. Well, it wasn't the falling asleep, Dr. Fox. It, it was what happened after he got there. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you might uh, call me in a week or so, Mr. Andrews. Yeah, I'll, I'll do that. Come on, Bess. <laughs> Goodbye, Doctor, and thank you so much. Not at all. Nice to see both of you. Well, I hope you're satisfied there's nothing the matter with me at all. Oh, I'm glad your heart's so fine. He said it was fine, you know. Well, sure it's fine. Everything's fine. And I was thinking, dear, now that Alexander Hamilton is dead, you won't see anything more of Aaron Burr. 
And the man says, I quit because I couldn't stand the cooking odor. Oh, <laughs> Mr. Andrews, how priceless. Yeah, I, I thought it was rather funny myself. I failed to see the humor. I thought it rather coarse. Oh, it's you, Burr. Why don't you leave, my good man? I'll leave after I've had a talk with you, maybe. Not before. I see. Lovely ladies, will you excuse me for a moment? Certainly, Mr. Burr. Come, ladies. Now, my good man. And don't you, my good man, me, you murderer. I presume you refer to the affair of honor in which I engaged Hamilton? <laughs> you know darn well I do. Let me say merely that had I been called a murderer by one more nearly my equal, I should deal with him as I dealt with Hamilton. Just who are you anyway, ubiquitous clod? I am Henry Andrews. Harry to my friends, I'm an architect. An architect. And you presume to converse with a soldier, a barrister, the second highest elective officer of the Republic... And a gentleman. You may be all those things except the last one, but you disobeyed your superiors in the army. As far as I'm concerned, your kind of lawyers are on an ethical level with jockeys. You're vice president, all right enough, but you tried to double-cross Jefferson so you'd get the top job. And, and don't go calling yourself a gentleman because you deliberately shot Alexander after he had fired his bullet into the air. But I fired mine with my eyes closed. You, you what? Certainly. Or as my French friends say... Certainement. Oh, and incidentally, don't you and your French friends try any funny business with that Mexican conquest and settlement deal either. You're liable to end up in court on a charge of treason. We were discussing my marksmanship. Let me inform you that I have upon occasion hit the ace of spades at 30 paces blindfolded. I'll bet. If you were not so far beneath me, I would send my seconds to call upon you. Henceforth, be on your good behavior, fellow... I shall have one of my lackeys give you a taste of the writing crop. More coffee, Harry? Harry! Best, best, don't! Don't do that. Best. But you were a million miles away. No, I wasn't. I've been sitting right here. Did you have another dream about that man? Oh, I wish I'd never told you about it. Just forget it, will you? I can't forget it with you going on this way. Harry, I, I think you ought to see a psychiatrist. Oh, they're all quacks, a pack of quacks. Dr. Fox told you I was all right. What does he do now? What does who do now? Aaron Burr. Oh, well, he goes around bragging that he dueled Hamilton with his eyes closed. Furthermore, since you ask me, he jostles me at parties now. Harriet. I've simply got to get you away from here. Maybe if you slept someplace else for a few nights. What, what place else? Well, why don't we go to the country for the weekend? Let's go to Lime Rock Lodge. Well, if, if we're going to the country, why don't we visit the Crowleys? You like them, don't you? Oh, of course I do. Bob has a pistol. And we could do a little target shooting. Well, what do you want to shoot a pistol for? I should think you'd want to get away from that. Yeah, sure. I just might have figured out how to get away from it. Sister, 50 times just as fast as you can. Aha, that's the secret of a martini, boy. <laughs> well, nobody makes them like you, Bob. Ah, thank you. Ah, Bess? Oh, thanks. Alice? Thank you, darling. There you are, Harry. Thank you, Bob. Aha. 
Well, uh, here's a go. On the hatch. Cheers. <laughs> well, how you been, boy? Oh, never better, Bob. Never better. Gee, it's good to be here. Oh, a nice, peaceful weekend is just what Harry needs. <laughs> we were so pleased when you called. We've simply been vegetating. The servants are getting fed up with taking care of just the two of us. Oh, do you still have Madison and Clefita? Oh, of course. They are so priceless. Oh, uh, isn't he? Been busy, Harry? No, not too. Did a big provincial house out in Southampton. We got a 26-story office building on the boards. Wow, and he yeah. says he hasn't been too busy. <laughs> oh, you ought to see the building. I mean, it's going to be all bronze and, and acrobatic glass. Huh? <laughs> Excuse me while I kiss my wife. She, she means with actinic glass and oh. copper, dear, but <laughs> I wouldn't know what to do without her. <laughs> oh, you kids, you don't change a bit. You're married 14 years and still on honeymoon. Uh, it's 15, isn't it, dear? Yep. Well, um, how about refills? Can't let the eyes dilute the vermouth. Oh, as soon as I check Lothita on dinner, dear. Oh, want to come out to the kitchen and say hello to her, best? I'd love to. Don't you boys go drinking our dividends. Oh, lots more where that came from. Oh, here you are, boy. These are the greatest. Thank you. How's it with you, Bob? Oh, couldn't be better. At least now that you're here. Kind of a lonesome grind finishing the book. I'll bet. You got it all buttoned up? Oh, just about. Um, excuse me for bringing it up, Harry, but um, you feeling better about Walter now? Oh, yeah. Just one of those things. No use brooding about it, I guess. The guy who killed him is put away. Sure. Oh, I know how tough it was, but now you've got the right slant on it. Yeah. Well, sir, what can we offer you in the way of a pleasant weekend? Just what you always give us, some relaxation. The first thing I want is a good night's sleep. Oh, oh well, this is the place to get it. Uh, come on, drink up there, sir. Yeah, sure. Mm. Hey, you still fool around with your target pistols? Uh, yeah, yeah, every once in a while. I got me a pip of a set of new ones, the latest. Let's try them out tomorrow. See if you can teach me to hit a barn door or something. That's pretty good, Harry. Come on over, take a look. Better, huh? Oh. You think I'm getting the hang of it now? Sure you are. All six shots in the tree and two of them on the target yet. Hey, they aren't that. Well, not exactly bullseyes, but look, this one's just a shade above the outside ring. Yeah, that's a lot better. Sure. Bob, would you say that that bullseye is about the height of a fairly short man's heart? Uh, well, oh, just about. Okay, I'll try how something. Short. <laughs> One... Two, uh, three. Well, what are you four, up to, boy? Five. What, what's six, the idea? Seven, eight. Well, what are you going to do? Nine, ten. Hey! Hey! Any of them hit the target? Hit the target? Man, if I hadn't flattened two of them, it'd hit me. What do you think you're doing? Well, isn't that the way they used to pace off in the old days when, when, when they fought duels? Well, I guess so, but whew, you gave me a scare. Oh, oh, well, I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't realize you were standing oh, so close. Oh, that's okay. Well, come to think of it, Harry, I don't think they paced off with a gun held straight up in the air like you did. I think they kept their arm hanging, you know, straight down. Oh? Yeah. One, uh, two, Harry, three, no, uh, four, don't try it again five, for the love of... Ha six, hey, Harry! No! Don't! Any of them on target? How can I tell if they're on the target when... Hey, look, Harry! Never close your eyes. Never, never, never fire with your eyes closed. Well, I just thought I'd try it that way. Good Lord, man. Come on, give me that gun, will oh, you? Oh, sure, sure. Here, I... I guess I need more practice. Not with me standing around. Well, come on. Let's get back to the house and shake up a drink. Boy, I've got the jumps. I sure do. 
I need a lot more practice. As I so aptly put it to General Arnold at Quebec, a defensive strategy may save men, but an offensive force wins the battle. That's why I hate you, Burr. Human lives mean nothing to you. Ah, observe now who says he hates me. Henry Andrews. One Henry Andrews, an architect. Look, don't, don't you ever push me again. One Henry Andrews, an architect. A menial laborer. Now, you just wait a minute. You have to go to college to be an architect, you know. I fail to recall the subject on the curriculum at the College of New Jersey, where I matriculated. Well, maybe they didn't teach it there, but look what College of New Jersey turned out to be. Princeton. And you're bragging. May I remind you of your previous conversation? The one in which I discussed my unerring marksmanship? May I remind you that you killed my friend Alexander? <laughs> a friend to Alexander. Use care, my man. The phrase might well make an epitaph. Well, challenge me. Go ahead. I dare you. I dare you. Harry! I dare Harry, you, Burr. I wake dare up. you. Please, just... wait. Uh, Humpty! Uh, uh, Harry! Best don't, don't. Don't shake me like that. But darling, you were practically shouting. Mm. And it's only four o'clock. You wake Bob and Alice. One Henry Andrews, an architect. That's what he calls me now. Oh, I hoped you weren't going to dream about him anymore. I thought if I brought you up here, you It's might... him or me, Bess. I, I can't stand this forever. Oh, neither can I, Harry. Oh, best dear, it's all right. I'm sorry. Look. Now, look, honey, you go back to sleep and forget the whole thing. It'll be daylight soon. I'm going to sneak out very quietly and get some air. Yes, Alice, I'm awake. I heard them. Not again. I'm afraid so. He's out there peppering away at that doggone tarp. We better get up, Bob. Yeah. Go out and get him, and I'll put on some coffee. Yeah, he'll need some. Where's that other darn slipper? Oh, I got it. Does he walk in his sleep or what? Well, Bess says he never walks in his sleep. He'll be petrified again. Madison, too, I suppose. Tell him what you told him yesterday, that he couldn't sleep and he just went out to shoot a little. I'm so glad to see them. But I'll be so glad when they go this afternoon. Me, too. Well, come on, dear. You know, he said a funny thing when I went out to get him yesterday. I could stand a funny thing. I'll get him one of these nights, he said. I don't suppose poor Bess can sleep through this. Let's see how she could. Better knock at her door and see if she's ready for some coffee, too. Bob, what's wrong with Harry, anyway? Search me. I guess it's like Clothita said. He just seems to have the shoots. I'm sorry the weekend turned out like it did, dear. No, it's all right. I thought it might work, too. And in a way, may, maybe it did work. Well, it does seem good to be home. I mean, our own apartment and our own things, our own schedule. Yeah, this is better. Another nightcap, Bess? No, dear, but you go right ahead. Yeah, I'll have one more splash and then turn in. Oh, golly, I'm tired. Harry, oh. 
Why don't you sleep in my room tonight? Well, you'd keep shaking me all night to keep me awake. No, no, I wouldn't, dear. Only if you... You're afraid to let me meet him. Oh, I am afraid, Harry. Terribly afraid. Well, why do you always think everybody else is better than I am? I can outshoot him the best day he ever lived. That isn't what I meant about being afraid. Furthermore, I have a modern pistol. He has to use an old-fashioned single-shot muzzle loader. Is that quite fair, Harry? What do I care if it's fair or not? Oh, please don't be mad with me, Harry. Harry, I... Oh, I'm so unhappy. I'm, I'm sorry, dear. Now, don't you worry about me, Bess. I'll be all right. I'll be fine. <laughs> We'd better go up, dear. Now, please don't. Don't cry anymore. Well, I... I I'm tr trying to stop. Sure. Sure now. Now, good night, kiss, darling. Everything's going to be fine. I'm ready to take care of everything now. No matter what happens, I love you, Harry. I've loved you more every day we've had together. Kiss me again, dearest. Kiss me just once more. Very well, Andrews. My code as a gentleman will permit no further insolence. If you insist upon ending it thus... I do insist. I assume your blindfold is secure. I assume yours is. <laughs> and we have agreed upon ten paces... Well, are you ready, fellow? You bet I am. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. You're his regular physician, are you, Dr. Fox? That's right. I examined him only four or five days ago. So the lady said. That's why we called you in. As long as he's been under treatment within 30 days, you just sign the death certificate and our office doesn't have to bother with an autopsy. I understand. Usual procedure. I know it's, I know it's tough on you, Mrs. Andrews, the shock and all, but it's the way I hope it happens to me when the time comes. Peaceful, quiet, quick, in my own bed, heart just quits. You know, it's extraordinary. His heart was sound as a dollar when I examined him. Now it's just stopped, as if he'd been shot. They'll go that way sometimes. Do Dr. Fox. Hmm? Look. Harry's right hand. Mm-hmm. Clenched a bit, Mrs. Andrews. Nothing unusual. But, but the three bottom fingers and the thumb. Like, like they were gripping a handle. Hmm. Rather, yes. Mm -hmm. And see the, the index finger. How it's curved. As if he were just about to press the trigger on a pistol. Oh, rigor mortis, Mrs. Andrews. The hands will take an odd position sometimes in rigor mortis. Harry never even fired a shot. Aaron Burr killed him the way he killed Alexander oh, Hamilton. Mrs. Andrews, take it easy. Aaron Burr shot him through the heart. I knew he was. I knew he was. Doctor, what in the name oh, of Oh, poor Harry? Andrews. I should have done something at the time. This could even have been contributory. I'm not too sure I follow you. Well, you see, she came in with her husband the other day. She spoke and she acted most peculiarly. I 
I should have done something. But what is this Aaron Burr, Alexander Hamilton business? Huh? Obsessive hallucination of hers. Mrs. Andrews very evidently suffers from one of the schizoid psychoses. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid she'll have to be committed. Suspense. In which Mr. John Daner starred in tonight's presentation of A Friend to Alexander. Be sure to join us again when we bring you another presentation of radio's outstanding theater of thrills. That's next time on Suspense. Suspense is produced and directed in Hollywood by Anthony Ellis. You have heard A Friend to Alexander, written by James Thurber and adapted for Suspense by Fran von Hartesfeld. The music was composed and conducted by Fred Steiner. Featured in the cast were Paula Winslow, Ben Wright, Victor Rodman, Miriam Wolfe, Charlotte Lawrence, Joseph Kearns, and Larry Thor. As national interest runs high in the conventions and the results, CBS Radio, which is broadcasting these important events, urges you to follow through to make sure you're registered to vote next November. No matter which candidate you prefer, you are lost in making a choice unless you're registered to vote in a national election. Are you sure the rest of the voters in your family are? Make sure today. Registration laws vary from state to state. Make sure you're in the book. Stay tuned for five minutes of CBS News to be followed on most of these same stations by my son, Jeep. Tonight, attend the Democratic Convention with the CBS Radio Network. Welcome back. I thought during that first part when he was recounting running into Aaron Burr at places and he mentioned that he saw Aaron Burr on Broadway. I was thinking today if they said that, they wondered, well, how did you score the tickets? But it's an interesting story. It was written by James Thurber. And certainly it's fascinating that this guy got, you know, so caught up and using history to kind of relate to his own tragedy and his own feelings of grief. And even in some places in that last scene with his wife, you get the idea of inferiority. And in fact, Aaron Burr kind of becomes this universal bully. 
this representation of all that mocks him and eats at him and all that's cruel and evil in the world. From a psychological aspect, I think it's suggested that there's been some things that has been stewing beneath the surface for some time. And of course, on the historical level, it does kind of point out the big problem when what most of the public remembered about Alexander Hamilton was the duel is that his life, his legacy, what he accomplished, kind of gets lost in the shuffle. Aaron Burr is the interesting one. Aaron Burr is the person we remember because he shot a political opponent in a duel. And when that's the focus, it kind of reduces Alexander Hamilton to nothing more than the loser of the duel, or uh, perhaps, you know, in this story with the view of the protagonist, a victim of a uh, murder. Because Hamilton really isn't an everyman. He was an extraordinary person, but just viewed as the victim and somebody who got pushed around, he becomes generic. So it's an interesting uh, way that he viewed him, and you wonder how many people held that sort of view of Hamilton. Now, I mentioned that there were other versions, and I listened to this one, and I also listened to one from 1943. There was another adaptation from uh, from later on in the 40s, but it essentially reused the script, and I like the cast in this uh, uh, 1940s one. Uh, which aired August the 3rd of 1943. And the big difference is the acting was actually, uh, I don't think it was bad in this one, but I think it was much better in the 1943 version. In the original 1943 version, Geraldine Fitzgerald played the wife, and uh, the husband was played by Robert Young. And if you know television history, Robert Young was probably best remembered for playing uh, the dad on Father's uh, on Father Knows Best. Uh, however, he had a very rich career as a really well-known star of stage and radio, and they were just perfect. This version was uh, all uh, told in first-person narration by the wife, and uh, really, the, Young does a great job playing the husband in his uh, slow decline into uh, madness. And you really do feel uh, how he's lost it towards the end. And the wife, you know, does a great job uh, portraying the emotion. And the, you know, climactic scene is where he dies. And in it, she's come into his room, just really worried and sitting there up all night watching him and then he begins talking aloud about fighting the duel and she's trying to wake him and she can't and she can hear him making all these uh, statements and it's a really terrifying uh, distressing thing that happens as her husband is fighting this imaginary uh, duel there are no dream sequences shown, and so you really just get this full, complete descent into madness and just superbly uh, perform. I chose this one because the dream sequences do kind of illuminate how uh, people, uh, at least the writer and the adapter, were thinking about 
uh, Aaron Burr and about the Hamilton-Burr duel, which would be more interesting for our series. Plus, I think one benefit of this, uh, the 1956 adaptation we played today, is that we get to hear more of what happened. A lot of the 1943 story was stuff that the wife told through the first-person narration, but that which we didn't actually get to hear or see on stage. And here in the third-person narration, we really do get that feel. So I think both have their strengths. And if you uh, are curious what the 1943 one uh, sounded like, you can find it um, over at uh, archive.org. Just search for uh, suspense, um, or just put in suspense, a friend to Alexander, and the escape uh, suspense page on this story will come up with all three versions available. Uh, the first one was from August the 3rd of 1943. So that one will actually be all for today. And we will return with our finale, which will ask, what if the life of Alexander Hamilton had ended a little bit differently? You'll want to be sure and be back for that one. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.